You want to achieve great things? You want to reach the next level? Well, so does every other entrepreneur. You know what that means? You have to take every competitive advantage possible. Welcome to Let's Talk Business, the show where we're going to show you how to create this competitive advantage by being more productive and sharing the secrets of the world's top performers. I'm your host, Kenny Aronson, and I think it's time to get down to business. All right, everyone, welcome to the Da Vinci Mindset Podcast. Today is a very special guest. I have my new friend, Frederick Gonzalez, who I am very excited to bring on to the show. He is passionate about developing personal brands, and he's building a new e-learning platform that I'm excited to hear about, and he's also a passionate public speaker. So Frederick, welcome to the show. How are you doing today? I'm doing great. How are you doing? Oh, you know, I can't complain. It's been a pretty good weekend so far. So I guess we'll jump right into it. So the way I structured this program is we have a set of basic questions to follow. So this will kind of steer the conversation. But for the listeners out there, especially if you're new to the show, this is just a basic guideline. So we're going to let the conversation flow naturally. And wherever it branches out, it branches out. So let me go ahead and throw the first question at you. So Frederick, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself, who you are, and what you're trying to do in this great giant world? Uh, I love the question. It's really, uh, <laughs> it's really loaded and jam packed. I was like, "Wow, really, you just really came swinging." Yeah, you uh, got to start off with a with a bomb. Uh, no, no, that's no, that's no. kind of the way I think about it. I, I'm, uh, I'm smiling as I'm thinking about this because, like, <laughs> like, like you literally just generate a state of flow because you kind of increase the challenge. Yeah, you got to make it challenging somehow. Right, but by meeting the skill set, it's like, wow, that's pretty good. Okay, so um, right now, currently, I, uh, I'm a very passionate public speaker. Uh, I speak at Toastmasters. I run, I run, I am the president of my Toastmasters club at work, so I still work a nine to five, roughly, and I work in the logistics space, sort of, and I do that for Facebook, where I am a logistics analyst. Very cool. Sure. Um, nothing that I really do at work is really associated to logistics, but that's just the title that they gave me. Um, <laughs> yeah, I know. And then on the side, I'm putting together my own e-learning program where I have about 30 or so lessons in the, in the each range in there between 10 to, 20, uh, 10 to 20 minutes each where I literally talk about every single thing that I've spent the last like two to three years learning, growing, and developing and how I put all that into a 30 lesson program where I teach you not only just the basics of putting together speeches and having you do specific projects for your speeches, but you have to think more about deploying empathy, thinking about sales, thinking about creating your own unique selling proposition and your own attractive character. If you know that term from Russell Brunson's book um, and so on and so on. I just thought that it was, a meaningful endeavor for me to start but not only it was a meaningful endeavor for me when I started it because I got so tired of people just not learning how to communicate properly like even in a work scene um, and then as I kind of started and continuing this I finally realized that if you just if you increase your own personal communication skills in life then you'll be able to increase the quality of your life um, and then I'm saying that like that increasing your communication skills will lead to more happiness, but it will lead to you having 
more difficult conversations that you may want to have with other people or and or even yourself, which creates more meaning and in turn broadens your margins in life and leads to growth. Hey man, I, I think that's awesome. And I really like the quote that you said about, you know, communications, how it'll make a happier life. And I think it definitely leads to more growth because everyone that I've seen, especially in school and in the professional world, everyone always has room to grow, especially in communications. Yeah. And I think that it's, it's kind of cool. You and me are both on the same page because both of us are making e-learning platforms. So I've been working on mine for a couple months now, and I think it's going pretty well so far. And we both have a lot of value to provide the world. So I think that's very interesting that we're both doing that. And so how has, been, how has the e-learning journey been for you so far? Are you enjoying making the content? Yeah, so uh, it, it was really difficult at first when I first started because it's so funny. I'm just recording in my garage and you would think that, oh, just because I have all these bright lights on me, but I'm in a controlled environment and not speaking in front of everybody, I should be relatively relaxed. And then when I first started it, I just remember that, all I remember was sweating bullets. <laughs> <laughs> that that kind of happened to me too. When I like over the summer, I started recording some of my yeah. first videos and lectures, and I was so nervous at the start. Like it was. Yeah. It's like you're not even posting it either. It's right. It's, like, it's, it's it's ridiculous, right? But, uh, but but it was good. And, and then it got me thinking too that I'm like, man, if I, when I get become more successful in life, I should have like uh like a thermally heated or like a thermally heated air conditioned garage so I can just <laughs> like 40 degrees you know and, and record myself but um it's been pretty good the not every day has always been as hooray and rah-rah that many people think about when it comes to entrepreneurship ideas because the biggest thing that any single person goes through in life is just to learn how to control like their self-talk and how to control their thoughts and some days when people think about or when you myself included when you may think about you're doing the work but then you're not seeing the dividends or the rewards come from it you start those are like really difficult soul-searching moments that i think a lot of people really do kind of come across and, and whether even in the work atmosphere as well um, and so the challenge has just always been how to reinvigorate your focus when you lose lack of clarity and focus and always just kind of reminding yourself that you're in this for the long haul. Like this is chess, not checkers. So Yeah, totally. Everyone needs to have a sense of patience out there. And for a yeah. lot of new people getting into entrepreneurship, I think that many of them, they don't realize how long it can take. You always have to have patience because like you said, when you're, when you're recording those videos, you know, you're not seeing a payout, but I found that just keep like with repetition time and time again, you get better at doing it. Exactly. And I think that over time, as you're in the entrepreneurship journey, you realize it takes 10 times more effort and 10 times more time than you yeah. typically thought it would. Of course, there are exceptions to every rule. Some people might get really lucky. Like if you go to the casino, some people will get lucky. Oh but yeah. Eventually you just realize that it takes more effort and it takes more time. And I think that going to, into entre entrepreneurship is something great right now. And, you know, looking at the world, especially in the United States right now, would you agree that entrepreneurship is becoming glorified? And what exactly do you think it means for the future? So to 
Well, let's build a little bit of context. What do you mean by your definition of glorified? I think that it's just becoming mainstream. Like it's cool to be entrepreneurs. So for instance, if you go on Instagram, you see all these people with entrepreneurship in their bio or everyone's starting to talk about it. Like what do you think's caused that? And what do you think yeah. it exactly means? I or do you disagree that, with me? Um, it's, it's a double-edged sword, right? Um, mm -hmm. if you were to say, do I believe that the word entrepreneurship and that's being glorified? Yeah, I do. Uh, I, I definitely do think, and I do agree with you on that. And I, it's just because when you think about every single type of media platform that's been utilized in which uh, through, uh, the attention of people, children are constantly being hammered out to like look at specific things, they'll see that there's a value in doing stupid things like eating cup of like eating spicy noodles and <laughs> right yeah or, i've seen a lot of that makeup company so it, it, it's it's crazy just because the word entrepreneurship can mean so many different things to so many different people i mean literally you could start your own youtube channel where you just eat the most awkwardest foods like on fear factor and then you can become viral off of doing that and then by definition you're an entrepreneur right um so i do i do agree with you that it is being glorified in that sense and what was your second question that you asked um i just want to talk a little bit about what exactly you think it means for the future do you think it'll always be that way do you think entrepreneurship is going to be the way to go instead of just corporate jobs for instance so i that's a, a really interesting question actually because Part of me believes that the number one thing why people would leave jobs. So let me address the corporate jobs part first. The one of the other reasons why I really got into communications is because there's a, I believe that there's this change in framework from a managerial sense that not a lot of managers currently have uh, in terms of how to do more, how to get more out of people. I, I truly think that, if you are the right kind of person, you can tap into anybody's truest potential and help them maximize the human experience. For example, Steve Kerr, when he was the first year head coach of the Warriors, he led into a championship. Um, even Brad Stevens, last year he led a team of no all-stars to the Eastern Conference Finals in seven games, right? And so just because you may not have the talent, you have there clearly is evidence that people have the ability to tap into potential of others to maximize their output and their performance in life. And I think that in the corporate atmosphere, the people that do that are people that are directors and, and like CEOs, CFOs, all that. But I believe though that now that type of mind shift is going to fall and trickle down into mid-levels and all and every single manager that has some sort of leadership type position because if they can't all somebody else has to do is kind of come along and demonstrate that they can persuade influence at higher levels and get people to act on their behalf by injecting clarity and that means that you yourself your skills are worthless that's uh, very interesting i really like what you're saying about the bringing out the best in everyone, especially for managerial positions or, or directors, yeah. because I'd never really thought of it from that perspective before. Yeah. But it and makes sense. It, right? Yeah, because exactly. 
It's like if you're going to do the 40-40 thing, which is 40, year, 40 hours a week for 40 years of your life, mm-hmm. then for me, I've, I, I've decided that humans in general and people that work in this 40-40 environment, they deserve a new kind of human experience. And I'm not saying that your manager has to go all in on you and be your biggest cheerleader or anything, but that, that would be great because it doesn't really take that much energy and effort to do that. You just have to bring your personal levels of energy and vibrancy up to that level. But imagine if you are a worker and you go through life where you never get to hear this one phrase or this one sentence and, you know, from a manager or someone you expect saying, hey, I think that you're really good at blank. Have you ever thought about starting something on the side to help grow and develop your abilities in this because you have such a high natural level of talent in this that I think that this is something worth pursuing for you while on the side. Right. And just, just imagine if somebody told you that in a work kind of atmosphere, it's like literally the power of words and like one sentence could have an effect on the trajectory of your life. And yeah, every every single thing that you say to another person, especially in a, a work environment where you're going to be working there for many years, I think that praise is one of your most powerful tools. Yeah. And I think that people who don't understand that, who have bad social skills where they're criticizing the workers or they're criticizing other people, they're going to be kicked out of the model. Would you say that it's becoming more competitive? Because I certainly think so. Yeah, so I... I I would, I would love to see it happen. Uh, I, I think that it's easier for the smaller corporations to go do it. I think for bigger corporations, it's a lot more difficult to go do it. Oh, yeah, I'm sure. Right? And, and, and it's just because it's, it, it, you just have so much things like, oh, like office politics or HR stuff. And, da, 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 and, and it's so crazy because it's like you have to spend a lot of time on how to retrain the mind on how to unlearn specific things and how to just get out of your own head right and i face this at work for me sometimes where people are like oh i didn't like the way that you said that and it's just in my mind i'm like i said this eloquently i'm not being irrational i'm not attacking you in any sort of way i'm just asking a question for example hey did you spell check all of this or did you run any tests on this before you deployed it because it's not working properly and then the back of my mind i just start saying look your name isn't mark zuckerberg and you don't own facebook so you need to get out of your own head because you're hired (laughs) that's what that's when people get hella mad though like but but, yes everyone just some people yeah they take the things the wrong way and i think that it's all about your social skills yeah yeah but to see their eye rolls to do that when you kind of just do a reality check like an eloquent reality check it's like yeah it's kind of just made by day <laughs> um anyways though, so to answer the other part of your question though that what i think about this if it's going to be a new trend and growing in the future i would say that it depends yeah, and because to get to a level of entrepreneurship where as gary v says you have to learn how to love to eat the dirt Right. Um, I, I think that getting to a place in which you create a vision, you define what your mission is, that's very difficult to do unless you know yourself very, very well in terms of like the type of person that you are, the type of person that you want to be, what you are good at, and, and then developing this mindset in terms of like this right here is what I was meant to do. Right. And so 
in, in, in terms of do I think entrepreneurship is a growing thing? I, I do believe it's going to be a growing thing, but then it won't be as successful for people without some level of self-definition for themselves. I totally agree. I think that a lot of people out there think it's going to be some kind of fancy journey, just a straight line to success. But, yeah. you know, it's a rocky road. Like you just said, you're going to eat the dirt. Yes. And you got to be strong. And, and I think it'll, it'll make a lot of people stronger. But some people yeah. just might not be cut out for that. Or they might not have been given the right mindset or the right education. Yes, exactly. Uh, I, and that's why, too, like failure is amazing. <laughs> Oh, yeah, yeah. Failure is one of your best opportunities to learn because if you're not learning, if you're not growing, I firmly believe that you're dying. And at the Da Vinci Mindset podcast, we're all about learning. We're all about growth. And what I ultimately want to do is to help people to grow as fast as they can and to understand how to use their mind because it all starts in your mind. It all starts with your mindset. Yes, I clearly 100% agree. But like, like again, just teaching people about like personal psychology and emotional intelligence and raising your EQ levels. The, the, those aren't things that, 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 that are taught in school. Like, and I only know about this because Gary V talks about it. So I decided to just go read a couple of books on it. And I'm like, Oh wow. Like that makes a whole bunch of sense. And then there's Charlie Munger's 25 cognitive biases where you talk about the psychology of misjudgment. I'm like, Oh wow. Like, yeah. Uh, yeah, there's so much good information out there. And, you know, my question is, why aren't they teaching about EQ or social skills in school? Because nowadays, I think, especially when you get into corporations or entrepreneurship, your EQ is far more important than your IQ. If you can't communicate with others, if you can't understand how to grow from failures or how to face adversity or how to get over your anxieties and actually use anxiety as a tool to learn and grow, yeah. then you're going to have you're going to have a lot of difficulty in life, especially with the way the world is headed. Because I yeah. think that, you know, back to the question where we were talking about entrepreneurship and why it's getting so big, I think it's because of the tools out there. Communication. Yo, which yeah. Is what, yeah, communication wow. is becoming easier and easier. And with social media and social media marketing, all these things, when all of it comes together, it becomes easy. It becomes easier. It's still not relatively yeah. easy, but it's easy to get a following and start building a business. So to answer your question, why they don't teach it in school, I don't know why they don't teach it in high school. I think that it's actually more relevant now because you have things like bullying and like online bullying and all these other crazy things. Uh, at the same time, I do believe too that parents should know about this. And I believe that there's a lot of parents out there that are not educated in this kind of area uh, for personal growth and development. I totally agree. Yeah. Right. Um, and then also too, I also think that for me, I think that the reason why they don't want to teach it in school is because for them, the model works and, and the model is more of let's go and put people through an educational system so that we can set them up to be workers. And the crazy thing though, is that it's like now the education system is failing because a lot of the companies are being more selective about um, choosing employees based upon skill set, and then they're realizing that college graduates have no skills. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a, that's a pretty big problem. Yeah, right. What, what, which, which again, 
why I love being alive right now as well, because you can literally go online and learn how to code in Python, code in C++, take communication skills. You could, like you can literally learn anything online. I totally agree. I think that, you know, there's so much information and there's amazing opportunities and something that kind of confuses me is a lot of people ask for free college education, but they don't realize that it's already available for free. And that's yeah. the thing. Like you can learn anything that you want and it's exciting to me. And I think that, you know, back to the question about EQ, I think that's an area where people like us can come in and provide those skills instead of a government institution or something like that. That's oh, yeah, where yeah. we, the market, come in and provide yeah, that yeah. need. Yeah, you do it as a you, you do it either at a consultant level or you do it through a program. Um, but yeah, and it's just more like, why would they pay you to go do it? Because your perceived level of value added. I, I, I came up with that term. It's it's a twist <laughs> on it's a twist on unique selling. Topic. I think I've heard that before. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, it, it's a twist on unique selling proposition, but. Uh, they believe that you're an expert, perceived level of value added. It's more like if they truly inherently believe that you can bring in more value than like whatever they got in house, they'll definitely hire you. And I think it's so funny because it's, it's ironic, I would say, because if companies were to make specific things focus on this, they could literally learn all of that online and create their own programs in house. And they do that. They do that in the Silicon Valley a lot with a lot of their technical platforms that they're using, but then, they don't really have much when it term comes to like personal growth and self-development platforms like internally. And it's like, I just think it's funny. Yeah. Something that I see happening to the educational system is I think it'll kind of be taken out of the hands of the government and these, and a lot of colleges and universities. What I foresee happening is the companies that want to hire people, like you just said, they're going to make their own curriculum. So if you want to go in and be a graphic artist or like, or, or a programmer, or an engineer, the company kind of builds their own curriculum. So they give you the skills. And I think this model works way better because while you're working there, you can still provide value to the company. So it's generating cash flow. So that education, it doesn't need to cost nearly as much because we have trillions of dollars in student loan debt. And, you know, that's kind of proven that, you know, something in the system has to change eventually. I think it's funny because you say that. And for me, I I foresee the entire collegiate educational system like dying within the next couple of decades or not, not all of it as a whole, but a massive proportion of it. And yeah. I, I think that, yeah, definitely. But the, yeah, like the but big like Ivy leaguers, yeah, they might stay around. Who knows? Like there are things you should go and get a college degree for, like to be an engineer, to be a doctor, be a lawyer an accountant. Uh, I think totally that's a, true. Yeah, I, I think I got that from Ty Lopez. Uh, but then anything else, you don't need a degree in. And when they realize that there's no more people going to colleges, then it's more like like tuition is going to start decreasing again, right? And I, I, I just I, I just have this feeling where how the how the housing crisis that went on in 2008 2009 it's going to happen to the collegiate system. I could definitely foresee that happening. And like you just said about engineering, like I'm in engineering school right now. And let me, let me tell you about, let me tell you what I've learned. We're learning from professors. What engineering are you studying if you don't mind me asking? I'm in, I'm in materials and corrosion engineering. And it's going to be a little different for engineering topic. But a lot of oh, the no, professors cool. we're learning from, we're, we're learning from professors who they, they've never been in industry A or B. They're in industry 20 years ago. 
well, what's changed in, in, in engineering in the last 20 years? Absolutely everything. Yes. And of course, like some professors, they might be in engineering, engineering jobs right now, but that's typically not the majority. No. And I think that, you know, the stuff you're learning, a lot of it's not being used. And I think what's going to happen in the future yeah. is companies with engineering firms, whether it's consulting or, or manufacturing, they could offer their, their own curriculum. So you learn the math, you learn the science, you can learn all the basic building blocks online for free. Yeah. So they yes. offer those. And then anything that needs hands-on training, like lab work, the company will offer that. And maybe they'll pay you to go there. Yeah, it's funny. I have an engineering background too. So I went to college for, I, went, I initially went to college for computer science. And then I got kicked out of school for bad grades. And then I retransferred back in for industrial technology, which is a hybrid of business and manufacturing engineering. Very so, cool. That's awesome. I know a lot about like packaging, metals, um, supply chain. And it's just, no, I, I completely agree with you. It's more of everything that they taught us back then, they don't account for environmental change and how to mm -hmm. keep updates with that. But then yeah, the only totally. time that they, they require people to be updated is when they are actual workers and they have to sign off on things. Like for example, my dad was an architect. He's retired now, but he was an architect. And he always just hated the fact that back then being an architect was easy because all you had to do was just draw it and that was it. Now, <laughs> now to be an architect, you now have to be the architect, but you have to be the building inspector. You have to be the fire inspector. Oh, I always wanted to be an architect. Dang it. Like I just yeah. wanted to design cool things. That's what I always wanted to do, but yeah. Who knows? Uh, but, but, so, but so now it's more like you have to go test, you have to retest and yeah, like the collegiate system, especially if they're not funded very well, like, like they don't, like how are you going to go teach that? Totally true. Um, so I want to steer this conversation back on the track where we were talking about entrepreneurship. And we were saying that a lot of new people are getting into, they're, they're building businesses, they're becoming coaches, all these different things. And to do this, you have to build a brand. And when I was doing a little bit of research about the, the businesses and every, everything that you do, what do you think is the biggest mistake that they typically make with branding? Um, so one of the things that, well, let me, to answer that as eloquently and as clearly as I can, let me share with you something that I've learned from some of my own personal mentors because I really haven't spent a lot of time in terms of looking at what other people's brands are at least people that are at least people that are like kind of starting out like there are people that i follow that are already established and what not already right yes yeah. so one of the things that i found out that i've learned is that you have to i truly believe that when it comes to developing a brand you have to develop the brand of your company but then you also have to develop the brand of yourself as well and then those two those two things can coincide when they need to and they're not coincide when they don't have to but it's more of you have to be able to define what your own personal brand is so that you can link into what your company's brand is because people are blending in the brand of them, their companies with themselves and then so I think it's really important to be able to double down and kind of just show like oh this is me myself as my personal brand and then this is the brand for my particular company and, and i don't i don't see people doing that and so for example uh for me and i just started this it's more of i started uh my own frederick gonzalez fan page so that down the feet down in the line of the future i can talk about this is me this is what i want to do this is the experience that you'll get when 
you when I get to consult with you or you do business with me, vice versa. And then there's a brand of my particular product, which would be a company at the moment right now. It's more like this is the experience that you get with this particular uh, product. Right? And, and so I don't think that people are necessarily differentiating the branding experience that they get between interfacing with you versus interfacing with your products. That makes a lot of sense. I think that especially with social media now, it's, it's so much easier to build a personal brand and there's going to be, yeah. I think a lot more competition and you really got to do something to set yourself apart. And that's something that I don't see a lot of. You don't yeah. want to go with the flow. You don't want to be a part of the crowd. If you really want to build a personal brand, I, I, I kind of believe that you got to do something unique. You got to, of course you yeah. got to be yourself and, you know, make your own message, but you also have to stand out somehow. Yeah. And, and it's all an uphill battle. It's not easy, but then you, you, why do you do it? Because for yourself, for me, there's a mission that you're trying to commit to, and then you just have to completely sell it on the mission. It's like Mission Impossible. I mean, it really, <laughs> I swear to God. I it, agree. <laughs> it's like, yeah, this is ridiculous. All right, but we're going to get it done, whatever it takes. It's like, yeah, you need that kind of focus. It's like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think that I love what you said about building the mission because – that, that's a part of setting goals, setting huge goals that will keep yeah. you driven and focused. So once you find something that you really want to do, whether it's, you know, own a huge sports team or, or change the world, whatever mark you want to make on the world, let that drive you and let that kind of be your personal brand. Yeah. And then, like you just said, build another brand for your business and kind of keep them separated. But you can, you can yeah. kind of make some connections. So Maybe yeah. every, every yeah. brand you build for your business or your businesses build. Yeah. Off because that. wherever you go, like wherever you go, <laughs> it's more like now the branding part of you, your persona is associated to other people. Right. But then when you brand a specific product, it's more like this is the experience of the product. Like Tony Robbins does this very well. It's more like you see stuff for like Tony Robbins and then all of his mm -hmm. products, like all of his products have different types of branding, branding and marketing and branding aspects to it as well, right? But so the branding and marketing of your product, they don't necessarily follow you, but the branding of yourself follows you everywhere you go, right? So that's, that's why it's always important to clarify and distinguish the two. Yeah, I, I agree. So at, the, at our podcast, one of our, our central themes is, you know, growth and learning. And it all starts with your understanding of your own mind. and in the world of entrepreneurship or just building your professional career, you always have to absorb information and grow in order to compete. So how important do you think the ability to learn quickly is for entrepreneurs or professionals or for pretty much anyone out there? So I personally don't believe that the, it's the ability to learn quick. That's the mm -hmm. most advantageous thing. It's the ability to, execute and experiment on what you learned against quickly uh, is the most advantageous thing. And I always say that because when I was first starting out on my journey, it, um, the way that I used to be is that I would absorb the information and I would store it, I would memorize it, but then I would yeah. never really actually apply it, apply it. And, and I was more of a slow executor in that sort of sense, right? And then I got to a point where I'm like, let me just start putting this stuff down, let me start talking about these kinds of things because I've learned it and this, this, is a, this is a great way for me to not only build my personal brand, but I get to share 
information freely, openly about the things that I've learned about that have added so much value to me to the world. And then so now it just becomes a question of, oh, wow, when you really realize that everything that you do that you're learning, it will already add value because it's added value to you. Then all you have to do is just execute against those things. And so, yeah, you're, you're totally right. Because... Yeah, so, yeah. So when you right, execute those things, that's how you build like that much more momentum and momentum. And also too, at the same time, it's just more of, you don't, you learn how not to be married to the outcome. Like being an entrepreneur, it's like literally being in like a constant state of flux because you're, you're driving towards some special thing. But then if that special thing doesn't work out, you have to try a different method, a different method, and a different method. And, and then it, it may be hard for some people because they think, oh, I tried A, B, C, D, E, F, and G, and it doesn't work. It's like, look, you have to sell out to the mission. It's not the process. It's the mission. The mission is to get the results done. So uh, that's where ego kind of comes in. And that's where ego is like really detrimental to your health as an entrepreneur. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You're totally right because I think that, you know, the learning side and the action side, they're – there are two sides to kind of the same coin, which is growth. And, you know, learning how to learn quickly, which is a lot of what I focus on and talk out is talk about is great. But I think what's equally as important is learning how to take action quickly and immediately applying it to your life. So yeah. if you can do both at the same time, while you're learning how to learn faster and absorb the information you're hearing or learning or reading, at the same time, you got to figure out how to apply it quickly so you can apply it immediately. And if you can do both at the same time, then I think you could become kind of unstoppable. Exactly. Totally. Uh, so in nature, so a lot of the things that we, that all of the answers that entrepreneurs look for in life, like most of them, they're already inside themselves. Everything you need in life is in yourself, but if you can't find it in yourself, study nature. And I always bring up this point about baby giraffes. When baby giraffes are born, their mothers, they purposely kick out their, child, their, their children's legs to force them how to stand up and walk on their own. And when they do that, everything starts functioning correctly. And so you get to think, have a mindset where it's more about, let me define this, let me redefine this, let me go challenge myself and then apply it so I can kind of just start walking. <laughs> totally, yeah. It's all about kind of the walking. And what you said about the, the giraffes is is very interesting because yeah. when you're when you're a baby taking that action you know what for any animal in the animal kingdom that's how your brain develops and learns and for human babies it's the same way because yeah. the the brain initially starts to to really develop and and build the the neural networks and make the synaptic connections and delete the ones that doesn't need yes. when when you start crawling and what they've found is that typically parents who don't let their children crawl freely or they, they stop them from crawling. Yeah. Their, their intelligence isn't as developed. And of course, I'll always say that there's exceptions to every rule, but generally it's true. So this yeah. just tells us that action is the most important part. Exactly. It's like, let them bump their head. Like, as long as they're not bumping their head on something sharp, you're fine. <laughs> I don't, yeah, yeah, exactly. That's, that's exactly what we're getting at. I got a baby proof in the house. It's like, no, you're just baby proofing. You're baby proofing your stress levels. <laughs> <laughs> and I think it's important to also clarify that when we talk about actions, I think it's, it's more important to take actions that are 
outside of your comfort zone. Like for oh, yeah. the for the instance in the the baby example, that baby hasn't yeah. crawled before, but yeah. you you best bet that baby's going to be crawling. And if you're if you're an adult or a young teenager, if you want to keep learning and growing as a person, you better start taking some actions to get out of your comfort zone. And of course, everyone can face fear and anxiety sometimes, but the the difference in in your future determines on what you do with that fear and anxiety. You either let it control you or you just observe it and move forward, you know? What do you think? I definitely agree with you, like 100%. Um, So for me personally, one of the things that uh, has always held me back, like in my life, in terms of my mindset, was overthinking things. Um, And I grew up, in the household in which my like it was just ingrained into my mentality my behavior that I should always be it's like be mindful it's like always care about what other people think right because image and image is perception perception is everything and and for me having that kind of mindset growing up has actually led to a lot of grief and sadness and unhappiness in my life personally um, and it wasn't until about, it wasn't until I did something really crazy uh, two weeks, oh, no, no, like about two, three months ago or so where I finally realized how to stop overthinking things. And it, it, it's, it, my, my, the level of my, the quality of my life has just gone up immensely because I stopped thinking about what other people would think. I stopped thinking about what if this happens, what if this doesn't happen? And I got to a point in my mind where I don't listen to my ego anymore. I don't listen to that little voice in the back of my head, which is the ego. I just kind of go and execute freely. Uh, and the way I got there was I went on a fast for three days so I could learn how to be mindful about my own thoughts and not cave into me telling myself I'm hungry. And then when I did that, it's more like, oh, wow, like that little voice just went away. <laughs> that's really cool actually i'd never heard of anyone doing that but i think that's something where, where did you find out that you did that idea just come to you yourself or no did you so hear about it somewhere um so i do crossfit and i work with my crossfit friends and then one of my friends who's just telling me how he's like kind of coming off of like a three-day fast and da, 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 and he says i should just go try it and then randomly i'm just like you know what like fuck it let me go try it like <laughs> i i got I have a little bit of extra fat I could like lose, right? So, you know, because I'm not yeah, like, we all? I'm, not, I'm not out of shape, but then it's like, I could be more in shape, right? So I was like, all right, fuck it. Let's just go do it. The first 24 hours was the most hardest because the, because you're like, you're changing your food intake consumption behavior and the rest of your body and your organs that's expecting this replenishment and all of this food isn't liking any of it. But then the second day, the second 24 hours wasn't as bad uh, as the first. It was, just more, it, it was more livable. Then the, third <laughs> day, the, the third day, the last 24 hours, that's when the magic really started happening because it's, it's like, you, you know, when you have like this childlike curiosity where it's like, oh, why is this like this? Why is this like this? And you just see clearly. And it's like, because I guess my body was producing a lot more ketones at the time. It's either that or producing a lot more white blood cells because that's what fasting does, which is good for you. Uh, it just allowed me to cut through a lot of people's bullshit. It's like, look, the, the, the shortest distance between two points is a straight line. It's like, no, look, like this is what you do. Boom, 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 done. And it's like, yeah, you just, you just soon realize that sometimes the food that people eat, like really just has an effect on like their behavior. And it's like, oh, wow. 
So that's really cool. That that makes me really want to give that a try, just just to kind of experiment around with it. I've yeah. you know, over the summer I kind of planned on doing it, but just for some reason I I guess I never got to it. You know, yeah. three day fast. So you could eat. Uh, so you could still consume uh, water. Uh, I was doing water, a lot of tea, a lot of coffee to to kind of keep the urges of being hungry at bay. And then mm-hmm. if you work out, do. What should we call it? Do electrolyte tablets. That's okay, I'll have to write that down. Yeah. So put that in the notes. But yeah, but like the magic starts happening at like after the second day. And you're just like, oh wow, it's just I got this energy and then I can I can be really, really snappy because it's like I love having this high energy because it allows me to be really in the moment. Or it allows me to be an asshole if I need to be an asshole. <laughs> <laughs> I don't like being an asshole, but sometimes I do. <laughs> yeah, sometimes you gotta, you just gotta be firm with people and put them in their place. But I think we've had a really good conversation so far, and I think this is a really good point for us to have a really quick commercial break. So we'll be right back after these messages. All right, everyone, welcome back to the Da Vinci Mindset Podcast. We've had a great conversation so far, and I'm very excited and appreciative of having Frederick Gonzalez on for this episode. And in the last half. We talked about entrepreneurship, the importance of learning, of growth, and what Frederick has been up to. So to start the second half of our podcast episode, I want to talk a little bit about what you and what you're doing. So let's start off with this question. Why do you think most people have difficulties in giving presentations and public speaking overall? Um, Because they let their environments influence them rather than uh, let them influence their environment. Uh, so I came up with this. Uh, this is actually one of the modules in uh, in my program where I talk about the difference between outside in thinking versus inside out thinking. And outside in thinking means more of when you start looking around your when you start looking around and scanning your environment because the the brain is always scanning the environment to yeah, see yeah. whether or not its survival is being threatened and. Because environments have changed over years, but then behaviors don't. They call that the environmental mismatch theory, by the way. Um, It's more of we've conditioned ourselves to replace the whole idea that, oh, my God, I'm being chased by a bear. So I'm being fearful for my life to, oh, my God, all these strangers are looking at me and I'm being fearful for my life. Oh. <laughs> that makes so much sense. I've definitely kind of experienced that in my life, and I, I can see why that reasoning is there. But you can continue. Yes. Um, right. So, and it's funny when I first started out doing like speeches and Toastmasters uh, because I wear glasses. I said, "Oh, let me make this easy." I'm, I just take my glasses off so everybody looks blurry to me. <laughs> and I stopped dealing with that. Right. <laughs> <laughs> And it's good. As, it's don't get me wrong. It's great sound advice to start out with, right? But then mm-hmm. it's also difficult to kind of create meaningful connections like that because you're not really like absorbing everything in, and you can't gauge people's reactions as you want. Um, but so out, that's outside in theory, which is more of you let your environment influence you. And then the thing that quickly um, gave me the biggest mind shift in my personal thinking is more about inside out thinking. And this goes back to the, what I was saying in the first half, I talked about how all the answers that you need in life, that you're seeking for in life, they're all inside of you, right? And so now inside out thinking is, means more of how do you take your internal levels of energy, your internal levels of vibrancy, and 
all these things that make you up and then spread that out and influence everybody else. Um, and then not only that, it really just becomes a question more of the mentality behind it. So inside out thinking is more about you become extremely accountable for every single thing that you say and for every single touch point and emotion that you want them to feel, right? Because when you present to people, you're selling to them and you just have to have this really, this kind of crazy mindset. What's more of you are feeling this way right now because I designed it for, I designed it to be that way. You're thinking right now because this is what I want you to think. You are feeling this because this is what I want you to feel. You're going through this emotional experience or this experience that I'm presenting to you in this sort of way, all by design. And when you have accountability for that, that's when it gets really fun because you get the you start having this ability where it's more about how can I maximize uh, my personal levels of persuasion and influence on all of these people to get them to buy into my idea. That's where the fun begins. That sounds really cool. And I'm going to, I'm going to definitely take some of those ideas whenever I need to do a presentation in the future or anything like that. I'm sure that, you know, not into the, into the too far distance, I'll start doing stuff like that eventually, whether it's for, for school or jobs or my business or anything. But what what I've heard is just a piece of advice that I've kind of followed is, you know, when you're on the stage, typically a lot of people there, you know, they're in the state of fear, like you just said. And it's the like the environment mismatch theory because you, you think that, you know, you're going to be attacked or your life is in danger or something. But if you try to focus instead on, you know, providing value to the other people. So you're, you're, you're trying to help them. If you're in a meeting or a pitch or the interview, instead of just thinking of, oh, what's going to go wrong or, or anything like that, just think about, hmm, what can I teach them? How can I help them? Or how can I get helped myself? And if you have a mission or a goal or something, just yeah. think about it in the big picture because it's all part of like a road or building blocks to one bigger goal. Definitely. What do you think? Oh, no, definitely. And uh, Again, it goes back to if you are powered by self-belief in your mission, then the mission will always have, will always necessitate the behavioral change that you have to incur because you have to sell out to the mission and the objective of the mission. Now, most people are afraid to get, to get to that point because I truly believe that it's, it's difficult for people to figure out what, what their mission in life is truly going to go be. Um, And I didn't actually really figure this out until I actually started putting together my program and kind of, I didn't really even figure this out until maybe halfway or so um, into recording my program. I'm like, yeah, no, like this is a natural ability and, and, and people do need this. And it, it was just funny because I didn't really get to that point until maybe actually maybe like four, four to six weeks ago where I'm like, yeah, no, this is the mission in life. And it's simply because I was helping out, one of my friends at, from work, well, he's my treasurer from my Toastmasters club at work. And he was having such a hard time putting together a little mini lightning talk to speak in front of like 700 people or so uh, because of all these things that he's doing. And so he requested me to sit down with him. And I said, all right, cool. Let's just break this down easily. What's your call to action? He says, my call to action is like this. Boom, 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 boom. I said, that's a really difficult call to action. No one's going to understand it. So let's just make this easier. How about your call to action become something where you have to do something easily like badge and boom them? Because he's talking about how we have to migrate, how they have to go migrate specific applications from one thing to another because the old thing's going to, they're going to kill the old thing. 
in short. So I said, okay, well, why are you making this presentation? Oh, because I wanted to be prepared. So I says, okay, cool. Well, your logical point is you show them that they should be prepared because if they're not prepared, um, then it's like being caught with your pants down. And then the emotional story that you want to you want to correlate with this is how about Hurricane Harvey last year? You talk about all these people that come home to uh, destruction, despair, and desolation because their property has just literally been flooded and they don't, and or their homes are destroyed. They don't know what else to do anymore, except for one guy. One guy. He spent. I forget his name. But one guy. He spent ten thousand dollars on an inflatable dam. And he surrounded his house with it. And lo and behold, when <laughs> he came back, his house was still intact. Yeah. The only one. Yes, the only one. Uh, if you look up Hurricane Harvey inflatable dam donut, something like that, you'll see the picture. It's like, it's, it's nuts. But one guy oh, I look that up. That's hilarious. Yes, right? But, but you see now, it's more like, oh, this is really easy. Where it's more like, here's the logic. Here's the emotional pull of it. And then the call to action is very much this right here. And then literally I broke that down for him. And after that meeting I had with him, he's like, have you ever thought about doing what you did with me for other people? Cause I can just like, you just have this natural talent in doing that. And I'm like, Oh my God. Like it's just a lightning just hit. And ever since I had that in my idea, I'm like, Oh wow. Like I want to be that person that goes around and helps curate people's personal brands when they speak at their company Q and A's because at the mid level, they don't get they probably don't get the resources needed for for that to be done and it's more of well why is it worth why is it worth investments like because because number one you, you pay me for me to develop your own personal brand so that everybody can execute on your behalf number two you're going to pay me so that i could raise your unique selling proposition and increase your perceived level of value added in front of your peers which is extremely intangible and number three when you realize that I'm helping you regurgitate a lot of the values that the company as a whole stresses, then it makes you look good in front of higher on ups as well. So. I totally agree. I think that what you're doing is, is awesome because public speaking, the ability to communicate, it's one of the most important skills that you can have. It's how you build your brand. It's how you build your image. Yeah. And personally, it's how from, you build yourself. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, exactly. Foremost, like it's not even about just, building your brand but like it's how you build yourself like you like to have a shot at life you have to learn how to communicate to yourself this is what i want to go do and this is what i'm going to willing to go do to get there but if you can't even be honest to communicate that to yourself then you have no shot at, at maximizing the human experience like just first and foremost for me um and and that's kind of like the basis of where i start everything from at but yeah I think you're so right because, you know, all throughout my life, I haven't been terrible at public speaking, but like everyone else, I think I have room to grow. And what you're saying definitely makes a lot of sense, especially involving emotion and stories into your speeches or your presentations, because oh, yeah. that's what people respond to. People don't want to hear your a straight logical story about, well, not, not a story, but just a presentation. Nobody's well, going to respond to that. Presentations are boring. A piece of advice. If you ever give a work presentation, though nobody's really going to remember all of the points that you make, but they'll remember the way that you make them feel. So what you do is whenever you're making a presentation, every two to three slides, you have to interrupt your slides, you know, that has text or a graph with a picture or like some sort of video. And then the pictures in the video, they either emphasize 
the pain points that you're trying to highlight or they're trying to emphasize the, the emotional pain points that you want them to feel because it's causing this kind of pain, right? And so it's more like, because you can show graphs and you can show little bullet points about how it's losing people money, but then it's more effective <laughs> to, to, to show somebody that's pulling, pulling their pockets out of their, out of their pants that has no money <laughs> Or, or, or like something stupid like that, right? But it's more like this is this is that point, but this is how I'm going to emphasize this point. And not only that, when you do it that when you do things that way, you interrupt the brain wavelength patterns. Uh, because interruption of brain wavelength patterns in an atmosphere like that, it's very key. It's very important for them to uh, kind of keep you in the back of their mind and also remember what you talked about. I love that. I think that makes so much sense, interrupting the, the, the brain wavelength patterns, because, you know, when you're just sitting there listening to a boring presentation, you know, I, I don't know about you, but if I'm in class and my professor kind of, you know, he kind of sucks and he's boring, I do start to, to doze off and fall asleep. But when you, when you, you know, give something, a story or a picture or something where your emotional brain can actually respond to it, that's yeah. how you engage people. And I think it's great for, you know, not just professionals to do that, but for teachers, for everyone out there. And also yeah. content creators. That's where I want to lead the, the next question into because okay. we've been talking about helping professionals, helping entrepreneurs. Yeah. But I think that, you know, content creators on YouTube, on Facebook, influencers, they can also benefit from, from everything that you're, you're providing and doing. So how do you think that, for anyone who's making video content out there or, or just images or writing, how do you think they can create more engaging content for themselves or for their brands? Uh, so it's funny that you mentioned that because I remember that, uh, it, I remember actually taking notes from the Gary Vee content slide deck, something like that, where he had like 80 something slides to show exactly just how to make content. Mm -hmm. And he broke it down really easily where it's more you find you take one piece of content where it's like now you have your one piece of content that's like 80 or so minutes long and then you learn how to break it down and so on and so on and then you take parts of that long content you put it down into like two minute three minute spurts here and there you test and see what not what goes on then not only that you take specific segments of that particular piece of content you turn it into memes etc etc right but that's from like a high level from people that are already established I would think that for people that are starting out, and this is a more practical thing, um, I think that it's difficult to make one long piece of content if you're not in a public type of, if you're not in like a public uh, public speaking atmosphere, right? Because ideally, if you're scrolling down, you would think that, well, why would I want to listen to this piece of content even if I don't know the person? And it's simple. If you look like you're on stage, if you are on a stage, that means that you are platformed up and Ideally, that means that psychologically, you're going to sell the idea that, oh, he's on a platform. He must be really, really important. So let me go and kind of. <laughs> yeah, I know. Right. It, it's, it's, it's stupid, but that's how the mind, that's how the mind, that is exactly how the mind thinks of things. Right? I, I swear. Um, right. So for, for me, I think more about how, well, because my personal challenge right now is how can I develop like long forms of content? Right. Because I could go talk about communication and whatnot or communication while I'm walking and, and, and those are all good too right but you have to be able to change up your content I think for right now what works best is that um, you kind of just start out with doing like whatever you can and with whatever you can I think Instagram is cool because you can uh, 
curate your content to be a minute long. And then you can also make longer forms of content with IGTV because they let you do it in between like 10 plus or more minutes. Have you experimented with IGTV? I've seen it on there, but I've, I haven't done anything with it. So IGTV basically, it's uh, IGTV is similar to YouTube. <laughs> like, it, and it's like, wow. Like when I thought about it, I'm just like, wow. Like this is really, uh, this is really YouTube on Instagram in a sense, but then you don't get the, you don't get like the search functionality of it. And so what IGTV lets you do as a content creator is that it lets you not only just take your one minute long uh, like video, but you can literally record yourself for 10, 15, 20 something or so minutes, whether you're in a meeting, you're taught, you're recording yourself, putting together a speech or doing some sort of deep dive session. And then it lets you post it onto there. That's pretty interesting. And it's something that I think I'm definitely going to be experimenting with because over the past few months, I've put out a, a, a decent amount of content. I wouldn't say a ton on yeah. YouTube, but you know, I think it's best to experiment, especially with the algorithm changes and everything. And um, you know, for people starting out, I think it's best to just experiment. But what were you about to say? Um, and, and then, so I always say like, don't put like a really long, long piece of content on there. Cause there's still mm -hmm. kind of general, uh, there's still kind of general associated uh, behaviors that's associated with Instagram versus YouTube, right? YouTube is more like, Oh, anything like 10 plus more minutes and Instagram, it's like anything up towards a minute. And so I would kind of experiment with like going like no more than five minutes or so, at least at a time. Uh, if, if you do anything on IGTV, but then you want to lead into other, all these other different platforms, uh, like, uh, like you, if you have a YouTube channel, and I do need to sell one myself, but if you do have a YouTube channel where you can put like longer, longer forms of content on there, uh, you can do that as well. Uh, but it, honestly, from a content creative standpoint, just figure out that one thing that just gets you juiced and then you start talking about that. Um, and I love talking about communication because it activates parts of my soul and then it also gets me to a state of flow where I just enjoy talking about communication because I have to leverage my skills with the objective at hand to be able to deliver on my end to make the experience better, similar to what you're doing with me right now. And, then, and because in doing so, it just creates an overall better experience in life. Yeah, Frederick, what I think what you're doing with communication is amazing. And for people like us just starting out and for anyone out there who might just be starting out or if you're in the middle of your journey, just keep experimenting and try, and try new things and taking the information that's out there and just keep applying it because, you know, you've probably seen that these platforms are changing every year. They're changing every freaking month. So you got to, you know, figure out what these changes are and maybe what the best practices are and then what will work best for you and what you want to do and ultimately your mission. Definitely. But talking about, you know, speaking of platform changes and everything, I know that you're a, a logistics analyst for Facebook. So you know, kind of assuming that you might have a little bit of inside information about Facebook, maybe not inside information, but maybe more general working knowledge than the average person. How do you think that Facebook can be best leveraged for, you know, businesses and entrepreneurship and for people looking to start up their own thing? So it really just depends on what your business is and what your business is doing. Um, for me, for, for, for me personally, Facebook is still the best thing to leverage for business because it gives you the ability to run an ad and, and you can't run an ad without having a Facebook business page. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. 
I, I do it, right? The, the, however, with that too, there's other kind of caveats too because I think about my personal Facebook scrolling uh, behaviors. And I'm not a big, uh, like, I, I work at Facebook and then I do actually scroll through Facebook here and there. But my overall experience is that I don't really use Facebook at, at much. I use Instagram more than Facebook, right? Because Facebook is kind of, I think of Facebook like the freeway. It's like the, the freeways get to, it, it's good to get on. But then at sometimes it can just be too cluttered. And then so as long as you know the back roads and you don't have to get on the freeway, then stay off the freeway. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're right. So what do you think is a better opportunity for right now for business owners? Do you think so, it would be Instagram or Facebook? So uh, you, you still need both, right? I think of that course. Right, it, it's just kind of more like, because the, there's only certain things that Instagram will take you that like Facebook doesn't, right? So because Instagram, it has, you, it has the ability to be able to, for you to be able to, absorb content that's either meme worthy or that's like it has like inspirational quotes or even videos that are up to a minute long right but then ideally it's more like oh you want to take every single piece of content to drive you to somewhere else right and then it's more like i would think that facebook has like the repository of all of your content and the long in your longer forms of content that's on there so you would i would think like using facebook for your longer pieces of content your uh, daily, uh, your, like your daily vlog episodes or daily video episodes, if you're doing that side of content curation for that. But then also too, you can leverage Facebook for having people that interface with you and your business, having them be your testimonials, so that you can use social proof and so on and so on. And and then you know you just use it to make ads because it's it's different. Like the type of ads that you make on Instagram are different than the ones that the, the, the they're different than the types of ads that you can make on Facebook for video wise. Um, and, and then so again, it goes back to experimentation, right? Cause on Instagram, you can, your video ad can only be up to a minute long, but on Facebook, it could be longer. Right. That's true. So I don't know how much you know about the, like the data for the ads, but specifically on Facebook, what ads do you, what type of ads or video ads do you think work best typically? Um, so in my in my thing i would just think more about jab 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 right hook right so well that's the gary v thing where you just put content out and you put value put value constantly put value out because your value is going to be so good that when you ask people to invest into whatever that they're going to go that you want them to go invest on you on to, to be honest it doesn't have to be that great but they'll still pay you for it and you know why because they have the such they they have the such high regards for you that they'll do that right so for example donald trump right you know when he says the whole thing like oh you grab by the pussy and stuff like that right mm-hmm. or like all the people that love donald trump it's like oh that's just locker room talk da, 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 da. and it's like you, you you let this overall or the person influence your cognitive cognitive and behavioral functions toward this person where you say, Oh, because I have so much admiration for this person because he's either added value to me or whatnot. You don't let that change the behaviors that are your view shifts towards him. So if you put out content where it's extremely valuable and so on and so on and so on, at some point down the line, when you say, Hey, look, here's a product that I came out with, people will gladly be able to oblige and be able to meet you with where you're at and, and purchase your product simply because the 
energy that you put into developing the relationship over the long haul of things has created such a good branding image and positive branding image for you that because you've created biggest big raving fans for yourself they'll go and invest in your stuff that makes a lot of sense that's something that i'm i'm definitely trying to do because a part of what i'm doing is i i talk a lot about you know memory improvement creativity improvement and yeah. understanding how your brain works so i created a free package that i kind of offer and that's kind of what I put into my, yeah. into my ads, but this I think awesome. mind mapping, I'm thinking like Sherlock Holmes right now. Yeah. So that like, that's called the memory palace. And that's definitely something that I talk about in the, the systems I create or the content that I put out there, but there's a whole wide world of things you can do out there. And, you know, like a bodybuilder builds his muscles and his body, you can kind of do the same with your brain, but it's mm-hmm. a little different than people are taught because if you, want to get better at you know learning math you don't just do the same thing over and over again that you're taught to do you got to think about it in different ways and that's the key sometimes they're they're crazy or creative ways but that's the way that you make new neural connections and strengthen your brain so it's, it's a really interesting topic and i think that a lot of people haven't explored it and that's something that i really want to put out there and provide to people it's like creating a mind map yeah yeah exactly so mind maps are a great way to get started they they help you to see how everything is related. You can involve yeah. your visualization abilities and it's, it's just something very powerful for you to do. And, you know, speaking of learning and accelerated learning and mind mapping, do you think that personal growth and, and the ability to learn paired with massive action, do you think it's vital in order to be a good leader? Like a leader at the top of their field, like let's say an Elon Musk or a Steve Jobs level. I do. So the one thing that I think is more, so I think those are very, very important things to do Mm -hmm. and you should do it every single day. For for me, the one thing that trumps both of those things that you just said right there is having the ability to interject clarity. That's uh, right. right? But, but, but 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 well, as a leader, so I, but I'm not saying like, you still have to grow and you still have to like grow your mind map and do all of those things. But uh, it, it just goes back to leadership as a whole. It's more of, it's like when you think of a flashlight, a flashlight does no harm to you because all of its rays are spread out extremely wide. Right. But yeah. Yeah. But if you focus on all the rays to like one single point, now your flashlight becomes as sharp and focused like a laser. Right? And, and so what people lack, what leaders lack is more about, they just don't know how to interject clarity. And if they don't interject clarity into the chaotic situation, what they call every everyday life, then it's more of you're not, you're not ensuring that people's focus are in the right place. And that means that you're unconsciously selling the whole idea that either A, you don't care, right, which, which will make the performance sink. B, you're fucking with my time, which means that, that, that affects, <laughs> which means it affects your negative brand negatively, which means that the performance will sink, right? Or three, it means that there's just there's no level of trust that I could have with you because I'm asking you for direction on all these specific things so that I can be clear and execute against your behalf and you're not giving me the right tools and equipping me with what I need to do to execute exactly on your behalf which all affects the person negatively. And now how long does it take to interject clarity? Five minutes. <laughs> right? So what do you like, do you mean 
when you say interject clarity, would you say it's when you're communicating with other people, having a consistent message or clarity with kind of your, your mindset and your vision of the world? Yeah. So when you kind of create your goals or set up your, your missions um, and things like that. When I say clarity in terms of leadership, uh, I think clear in terms of leadership in terms of like in a working atmosphere, right? So for me, it's more okay. of like when I'm at work, everything is chaotic and it's crazy because there's one of me and I support 15 data centers on top of like, like for data, like data quality of like assets worldwide. It's just nuts. Right. And it's more of, okay, well, not only do I support data centers, I have like three, I have like five other big customer segment groups that I have to support within Facebook as well. And I'm clearly, there's not enough of me to meet the demand of, the tasks that I have to be able to meet. And so it becomes a question of, I well, we got to this point because I already asked you, I need some help. You chose not to do anything. I asked you for, uh, to fly my counterpart out here so I can train to do some of the things that I can do. And you just still chose not to do anything. And so now I'm just at the point where it's more like, look, you just pick and choose what you want me to go do so that I can tell everybody else that, <laughs> that their stuff isn't going to be prioritized. And like at airports, tell them to please expect delays. And, you, and you'd be surprised how people don't like to just over communicate that kind of stuff. And like, why? Because they lack the courage to interject clarity. It's like, if you don't, if you don't want to tell me what you want me to focus on, if you just keep telling me to keep doing my best, that is not actionable steps to, to, <laughs> to take, well, to, to, to solve an issue. Frederick, like, just do your best. Yeah. Like doing your best doesn't put a rocket in space. Doing your best doesn't create Hyperloop, right? Doing your best doesn't create uh, reusable rockets or electrical cars that can go zero to 60 in four seconds. It's like, no, like having the ability to inject clarity, specify what the mission at hand is so that you know what it is, right? And nobody wants to go and do that. And it, it's simply like this, just over-communicate. That's it, but nobody wants to do it. People under-communicate, but nobody says, you know what, that person over-communicates. It's like, no, no one ever says that. <laughs> yeah, I've I've definitely seen that as well. I think that, you know, you got to be firm. Sometimes you got to be courageous. People are scared to, you know, hurt their feelings. But, you know, yes. when you're working for a bigger overall mission, sometimes you got to do what you got to do to stay on track, especially in the workplace. Yeah. Exactly. And it's just like, because now, and it's funny, it's like, they, it's like, they just don't want to look bad for some reason. It's like, look, if I tell you, if I give you, if you ask me directions to go someplace, I'm not going to go waste your time and tell you to make a right lane where, I mean, a right, make a right turn into a street that's only a one way street that goes right to left. <laughs> you, you, you know what I mean? Like, it, it's just, it's just a waste of time. And it's just more like, again, how do you build trust? How do you build rapport? How do you do? The, uh, how do you do things right? because if your brand is being a if you if your personal leadership brand becomes negative simply because you don't trust the person simply because they're not equipping you to do exactly what they want you to do right then it's just like that's how people quit their jobs and they go look for something else because of impatience like that and it's like again it takes five minutes just to set the priority and say here you go boom yeah um, you're you're completely right i think that for a lot of people that I've seen out there, especially, you know, people I've worked with, sometimes it's just laziness. They don't want to put in, you know, they want to put in minimum effort, I guess. So they want to put in minimum thinking, minimum actions, and minimum communication. And that's great. 
if you're not the leader. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. If if you want to be a leader, that is the absolute worst thing that you can do. So, Frederick, I don't want to take up all your time today. So, I think we can start, you know, bringing things to a close. And typically, for the guests on the show, I leave them with one final question, and that question is: If you could only leave the audience with one piece of actionable advice for their life to follow, what would it be? Uh, the one piece of actionable advice to follow, uh, the, 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 the realest, most practical thing would be stop watching television and stop watching the news. <laughs> I, I definitely yeah. agree with that one. Well, because it's, it's called programming for a reason. It's more like, no, stop. Like, it's like, I can get, I can get all of this news like from Instagram where it's just like, here's a post and then I can read more of it, but I don't need nonsensical babbling and television just doesn't add value to you but the second most thing that i would really say that i just want to hit based on is all the answers that you need in life they all they all lie right inside of you and you have to you, it's on you to figure that out and how to deep like dive deep down personally into trying to figure out what those are but all the answers in your life they all lie right inside of you because you are strong you're powerful and you have the power to do whatever you want to do in life and you just have to go out and find it. I love that. That is, that is a great message. That's it. And like when you find that power, you use that power to influence the environment inside out. So that's it. Yeah. One of the central messages that I really put out there with my content, whether it's on my podcast, my Instagram, my YouTube, my Facebook or my website is that every single person out there, every person listening to this podcast you are capable of far more than you can imagine. The human brain is more powerful than many of the supercomputers out there. But, you know, nobody ever reaches their full potential. And you can improve yourself. And that's something that you want to do so that you can be happier. You can learn more. You can provide more to the world. That, and you got to figure out what's in line with your mission. And that's something that we really want to do here at the Da Vinci Mindset Podcast. So, so Frederick... It was great to have you on as a guest today. I really enjoyed Yeah, no problem. I really appreciate you coming on. Uh, yeah, I hope to do this sometime again soon with you. Somewhere down the line, let me know how things go. But it was, it was, it was my pleasure, ultimately, just uh, having the opportunity to be able to just share some of my own personal tidbits of personal knowledge in life with you and with your fan base and with your listeners and i hope that you i've been able to add value to your life as well so that's all i can really ever ask for oh yeah definitely i think i learned so much during this and it was great to have you on i'll definitely have to have you on again and the pleasure is all mine i greatly appreciate you coming on and i'll go ahead and and we'll we'll go ahead and wrap up the episode right now i don't want to take up all your time like i just said so frederick if our audience wants to find you where could they do so uh you can find me right now on Instagram for my program that I'm putting out there. It's called Your Defining Story, where I give you bits about how to find the story of your life. Uh, kind of <clears throat> keep a watch out for in the next couple of months when I'll be releasing my Your Defining Story e-learning program. But right now, I'm mainly on uh, Instagram. And then you can also follow me personally at Fridiculousness, but that's just my own personal <laughs> nothing to do with what we were talking about today but uh, if you want to 
you know, see me do some weightlifting or just kind of find some really funny memes that you can re-say in the workplace. (laughs) 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 Feel free to add me. I'm at Frederick Gonzalez uh, on Facebook. Okay, thank you, Frederick. So to everyone out there, that's your defining story on Instagram. He's coming out with a new e-learning platform soon, and you can find his personal profile at Fridiculousness. So to all the listeners out there, I hope you learned a lot from this episode today. I'll definitely bring you a lot more from Frederick in the future. I think that he has an amazing amount of value to add to my life and to all of your guys' life. So until next time, guys, we'll catch you on the next episode of the Da Vinci Mindset Podcast.